Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Just cause I love my niggas. I shed blood for my niggas. Let a nigga out my niggas. All I want to hear is my niggas. Won't take this from me, baby. You will not take this from me, baby. baby. No. Dog is home. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to episode 79. Podium podcast. Excuse my congestion. I just came from outside. Oh, it's fucking cold. My niggas. We're fried. My the dog is home. Keep niggas on their fucking job. No way this life was shit Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Podium Podcast. I am the Fresh Fiend, your host and star of the show. Um, there's a lot of shit to talk about this week. A lot of things are happening. Firstly, uh, the government shutdown is over. Thank God for that. The orange man said, temporarily, I'm going to let y'all niggas get some money. So listen, put in some OT, do what you got to do, get your money back, because this you don't know what this motherfucker, man. <clears throat> uh, other news. Let's see, it's a whole lot of shit going on. Uh, J. Cole dropped the record. We're going to talk about that slightly. Uh, Tory Lane versus Don Q versus Dream Doll versus whoever the fuck. Tory versus everybody. Uh, DMX is home. We just talked about that. Super Bowls this weekend. Uh, let's see. iPhone updates. Meek was on SNL. Rick Ross's extravagant birthday dinner. Anthony Davis wants out of New Orleans. Amanda Seals stand-up special. Uh, and I got some gems for you. So, first off, first topic at hand, which is very serious and very disappointing and very disgusting. Uh, I don't know how if you guys been paying attention to the news today, but um, Jesse Smollett from Empire uh was attacked by two white men in Chicago this morning at two a.m. Was that today, Tuesday? Um, they assaulted him, uh, put a noose around his neck and poured bleach on him. They said, aren't you that F word from empire? And he was attacked. He has, I think he has a broken rib and he has a lot of little injuries. And I want to send my prayers and, um, and, uh, everything to him because, um, this world. And they also said, this is a MAGA country. and. You know, this this world is getting worse. You would think in 2019, all these years of oppression by America and all these years of fighting for civil rights and just to be free enough to go in the subway to get a sandwich at 2 in the morning shouldn't be this difficult. And it's disgusting that this president has this world divided this way. And it was not like this before. Like, if they were racist, we didn't know. They weren't this outright. They weren't this disgusting. Like, the young man that was in that Indian man, that Native American man's face a couple weeks ago. 
That was disgusting. This, this young man gets on the news and apologizes because he didn't know he was offending him. Fam, take that fucking hat off, okay? Firstly, he had that red MAGA hat on. And this Native American man was doing a peaceful protest. And this kid walked in front of this. First of all, respect your elders, number one. Number two, understand that you're a child, okay? I understand that youth is the future and all of that. But if you're going to promote negative bullshit, then we don't need you. Um, The Jesse Smollett thing is gross. I hate that I have to talk about a hate crime like this. And I hate that it had to be an African-American man that went through this in this day and age. It is unfortunate and it is disgusting. And I'm going to change the subject because I don't want to talk about that sad shit. It's, it's horrible. So, off of that. All right. Uh, the Soldier Boy shit is finally over. Thank you, God. I said I wasn't going to give him no spotlight on this show. And I, I gave him a little... Drake! I gave him a drop last week. The nigga that got bodied by Pusha T. Yes, I like, because you know I don't like Drake. The nigga that's hiding his kid from the world, but his world wanna hide from the kid. Hey, listen to the song. Arby Graham in a wheelchair. Drake! Drake has yet to respond. Thank you, God. Drake, don't respond to this dickhead. Soldier Boy came on in with a fake Gucci headband. He looked disgusting. He looked like he slept in that shit for days. Why am I clapping for that fucking... Um, yeah, he's out of here. It's over. The spotlight is done, nigga. You had your five minutes, and it is over. Okay? Excuse me. Uh, next. There's an iPhone update. Now, fellas, this is for the fellas. And the ladies, too, if you got an insecure hoe, nigga. There's an update out. That, uh... You can now FaceTime someone and answer their phone. Meaning if they don't pick up the FaceTime, you can answer it. And you can see whatever, you know. That's some creepy shit. Now listen. I, bo- I, I think it's a glitch. I'm 100% sure that that's a glitch because that's not okay. But the fact that they can do that shit is fucking crazy. What if you sleep and your phone where you don't hear it? Or what if you, like, you know, you got your shit on silent because sometimes niggas put it on do not disturb and niggas will answer your phone. And just look around and listen and see what the fuck you doing. That's too much. Where the fuck is the privacy? We bought your device because we like the features. That don't mean, hey, we just let you know we can snoop on your stupid ass. That's why we put that camera in the front. Dog. I'm about to go back to a flip phone on guard. You have to go back to the burners, like the wire. Burn, call the phone, switch the SIM, throw that shit in the, in the ocean or some shit. Get off the grid. The social media shit makes it fun, okay, for you to post all your private and personal thoughts. Whole time, Big Brother is watching you. Somebody is watching you. It's fucking crazy out here. So don't update your phone if you have not updated it. Uh, and also, there's a feature where you can turn FaceTime off. So I just want y'all to know that. You can turn FaceTime off. But who the fuck wants to turn their face? I mean, there are some people that I do want to FaceTime. There's some people I do want to look at for several hours. Okay? Uh, what the fuck are you doing? Straight up. So, please, fellas, be safe out here. If you're doing shit, <laughs> if you're doing shit, stop for a little while until this update is fixed. Um, Please, it's, it's bad, it's nasty out here, man. Um, 
Meek Mill was on SNL this weekend. Killed it. Killed it. Salute to Meek. Meek is, um, he also had a press conference with Jay-Z and a bunch of billionaire motherfuckers for his prison reform thing. And that, we salute Meek on that as well. We salute Jay. Everybody involved, we salute Kaepernick and all of them. Um, it was good to see Meek getting his, getting his light as he should. Um, he is just, this, ah, Meek is this generation's Jay. And when I say that, I'm talking like, as far as like impact, as far as like the way people see him, like Jay was the best rapper and the flyest fucking guy in his time. Meek is not necessarily the flyest nigga, but he's very fly. He does motivate street niggas. Niggas do love him. Women love him. He got the best music for street niggas right now. I mean, who would name another street rapper with a bigger reach than Meek right now? That's current. I'm not talking legends. I'm talking like niggas in meat category, Cole, and, but they're not really street rappers. So let's say you got like street rappers, street rappers. I mean, that's rapping like meat level street shit. Not the young scam shit. I'm talking about hustling street niggas. I done been to jail, nigga. I done been through this. This is my story. You got a few. You got a little baby. I fuck with little baby. Super hot. Uh, outside of that, I mean, you got uh, the other niggas. You got it's other rappers that are not as big as Meek that do it, but Meek is that guy. He's like up there now. So it was good to see him get his light. He had Fab out with him, and they did the Uptown Vibes record. That was dope. Salute to Fab. Good to see Fab get that look. You know. And um, it was cool, man. It was good to see Meek out there doing his thing. Uh, everybody mad at Kyrie because he apologized to um <laughs> to LeBron, and he may want to go to the Lakers. But I'll tell you this shit: Anthony Davis ends up on the Lakers, and I'm Kyrie, and I'm looking at Boston, and I'm like, hmm. these little motherfuckers don't even listen to me. I'm about to go back, LeBron, bro. I fucked up. <laughs> it's, it's, it, and I, I, I hate that I feel like Kyrie wanted to be his own man and leave so if you're going to do that you know anything don't make permanent decisions off temporary emotions and you got to backtrack and look crazy but if you cool and looking crazy then you get your KD or Kyrie on you know what I'm saying but if you a man and you mean what you do and say you stay there you make that shit work you a champion already Kyrie but that's my guy I'm going to support him anyway so Salute to, to him and all his endeavors, and I wish him the best. Anthony Davis wants out of New Orleans. Who didn't see that shit coming? Nigga, I've been by myself my whole fucking career. I've been in the league eight years, and I'm I'm dying here. I've been hurt. I get better every year. I've been getting bigger. Nobody wants to play with me here. Like, we can't get anybody to stay. I'm out. I'm tired of New Orleans. I'm from Chicago. This shit is trash, bro. <laughs> I want to go to Cali. It's good weather. I don't got to eat crawfish. You know how sick Anthony Davis got to be a fucking crawfish right now? Jesus Christ. He's sick of fucking uh, uh, Zatarans. <laughs> Straight up. He's sick of Zatarans. But um, that's happening. And uh, what else is going on real quick? Amanda Seals stand up came out. Salute to Amanda Seals. Super woke black sister. Love her. Um, I have not seen it yet. So I only came to mention it to promote it for her. 
I haven't seen it, so I don't have any feedback for it as far as um how it was. I don't know. I will get a chance. I'll get a chance to watch it. It came out Saturday. I didn't have time. I mean, I did, but I was, you know, doing other things. I had to do shoes this weekend. Got a lot of rest this weekend. This weekend was very cool. You know what I mean? I just relaxed. Sometimes it's good to just stay still and don't do nothing. You know what I mean? But um, that was fun. Uh, she she had her stand up. That's great. Uh, Rick Ross's birthday dinner. Rick Ross has. This is not the first time that he posted his birthday dinner. Like one time he had a party at his house for his birthday, and it was like ridiculous with the pool and all this other shit. Uh, I forget which house that was at, but uh, he had this super extravagant dinner at his house. And anytime you can go to your dinner in a fur coat and a lot of diamonds, it's a good thing. It's a good day. You know, his hairline was very crisp. Beard was extremely dark and crispy. It was fake. Nobody beard looks like that. Nobody. Nigga, they drew it. I get it. It's cool. Anytime a nigga beard connect and they still got to do that, it pisses me off. It's like, you just want to rub it in. <laughs> and I, I feel him. You know what I'm saying? As a bearded brother, I understand the envy niggas get when they shit don't connect and they got to see us flourish all over them on a daily with a face full of man paws. You know what I'm saying? We look like lions, like grown men. You know how when lions grow up? When a lion is born, they don't have any hair. The males, they look like the women. As they reach their puberty, they start to grow their mane. you seen the fucking Lion King. When Simba became a fucking man, he had a full mane. You niggas out here looking like Nala. <laughs> you niggas out here looking like Nala with the ass cheek face. You niggas need to get a beard. I don't know what y'all gotta do. You know what I'm saying? Niggas out here buying hairlines, buy a beard. Fuck a hairline, nigga. You're gonna go bald anyway. Stop fighting that. Your facial hair will remain, will stay for the rest of your life. Beards don't recede. And that was it for my beard appreciation. Uh for Rick Ross and his birthday and all that. Happy birthday, Rick Ross. We need that album though. I'm looking forward to that. Um Okay. J. Cole dropped a record. Uh called Middle Child last week and um like most Cole songs it came and went uh it wasn't it was cool the first verse was everything and the rest of it was whatever um I don't know how many of y'all listen to the Joe Budden pocket but he pretty much nailed it when he said that the promotion for this record was bigger than the record like people were thinking Cole was gonna come out and say some crazy shit and um He didn't. He basically was saying how Cole, uh, him and Drake can coexist as legends. Uh, he said Drake bought him a watch. I mean, Drake is subliminally sunning niggas, and they don't even know he's sunning them. Like, nigga, don't buy me no fucking watch, nigga. I can buy my own fucking watch. Fuck you. I don't care if we friends. Don't buy me no watch. So then, but now I'm going to sit there and rap about a watch. You No, fuck that. You got that on me now. I bought Cole's first Rolex. Nah. And, you know, the whole... Cole been coming at Kanye for a long time. He's been coming at Ye way before Drake. But Kanye never responded to Cole. Because I don't think Cole... I don't think Cole... His reach 
isn't media worthy. Meaning like great rapper, great albums, great artists, but the public doesn't care for long. Cole fans care, and they, they're the ones who keep him successful. They're the ones who are going to these concerts and keeping him relevant. But to a majority of people, they don't really care. Because it's like, nigga, you don't make shit that we hear. You don't hear J. Cole's music anymore. He doesn't, you know, he might drop a record and do a video, but that song don't get much spin because it's not a hit record. And hits don't always mean everything. Hits are not everything. But in this world, now we're in with the internet and challenges and all this other bullshit going on. You kind of got to step out of your comfort zone if you want to be more successful. You have to be visible to people. Cole is a very private person. He'll come out when he feels like it. He doesn't have an image because he doesn't wear designer clothes. He doesn't, his hair looks crazy. He wears the same shoes every day, but that's him. That's his thing. And it works for him, but it works against him too. Cause it's like, damn, why you always look dirty? <laughs> you got all this money and you rapping about taxes. Nigga, are you broke? Like, are they taking all your money? And he doesn't really delve too much into his personal life. We don't know much about Cole. We found out he had he was married by accident. We found out he had a child because of an album he made. But there's, you don't, you know, and I get it. Some things, are, everything's not for everybody. You don't have to post your kid ever. And I commend him for that. I commend Kendrick for that. Kendrick has a daughter. He doesn't post her. You'll never see her. Why the fuck should I show you my children? I don't know you. I don't know you people. I don't need your negative energy around my child. Drake has yet to post his child. And I commend Drake for that. Yeah, I rap about him, but you never go see him. Not that I don't rehab him. Not that I don't know my son. But it's not your business to see him. My child is mine. A lot, a little, Lauren London's kids, you, she just started really posting her kids, and that's because of, because of Wayne. She has a son with Wayne, and you only see him because of Wayne. So now it's like, well, shit, your father puts you out. Fuck it. You're seven years old, eight years old, nine years old, whatever he is. Here, this is him. He's big as hell now. Here, look at him. He could probably make his own Instagram at this point. A baby with Nipsey? Hardly see that baby. He's two. And, you know, in this world of show everything, it's very refreshing to know that some people are not moved by that shit. Like, I don't have to show you all my life. I can keep things private. I put it in the music. But, um, in my opinion, Cole, as a artist, should put himself out as an artist more. But, like I said, that's not really his thing. He used to do that when he first came out. He kind of had to. He didn't know no better. Once you get success and you can start to call your shots, you kind of don't want to do that shit anymore. You don't want to be so visible. You don't want to be, you don't want to have to be, have a frenzy when you go just to get diapers for your kid at Walmart. You don't want to have to shut the fucking mall down when you're trying to go get some shoes. You kind of keep some of your normalcy. So I get that. But, um, this record was whatever. I mean, it was cool. The first verse was great. There was a lot of things said there that were very, very telling. <clears throat> but, um, the rumors are he's, he wants issues with Pusha T. Because of the Drake thing, uh, apparently. I don't know. That's what Joe Budden is hinting at, that maybe that Cole was somewhat baiting Push, and Push has been sending tweets. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. So that's it for J. Cole thing. Tory Lanez now. Tory Lanez said he want to smoke with every rapper. Said he's better than all you niggas. 
Nobody's fucking with me. Pusha T ain't fucking with me. Cole ain't. I'd fake on Dreamville by myself. Tory Lanez is on cocaine. He's on coke. It is 100% fact. This man is bored, okay? You are on drugs, and it is obvious in your statements. You know why I know he's on drugs? Because he's going back and forth with Don Q. No disrespect to Don Q, but nigga, you making him famous by responding to him. Don't nobody outside of New York know who that nigga is? Why the fuck are you arguing with Don Q? Now, now, now listen, Don is dope. He's, he's nice. But all these super lyrical rappers, that shit don't work these days. Nobody cares about your fucking bars, nigga. You better start harmonizing like a boogie. You're going to be, you're going to get washed. All them punchlines and metaphors and street shit is great. Okay. And you came up off the scam rap, but you know, scamming is kind of toning down now. So it's like, nigga, nah, you're good. There's a whole bunch of other new niggas coming up now that niggas are grabber. No this to, to, to Don. He's dope. 100% dope. And in the first record, he did his thing. He striked first. Tory was in Dubai, I believe, and then he came back, and then he struck back immediately. And I would give the first round to Tory, in my opinion. To yesterday, Don Q responded, or was that today? Today he might have responded. Great song. So I, I right now, we don't know. Tory has to respond now. But Dream Doll, the girl that was mentioned in uh the diss to Don Q, has responded to Tory now. Dream Doll, as seen on VH1's Love and Hip Hop a couple years ago. Apparently, her and Tory had a relationship that Tory exploited for for a few bars. And, um, you know, she's doing her whole little female thing. And the record was okay. I mean, I get it. You know, she said he, you know, he ate a butt and sucked the feet. All right. Now what? I don't understand why women be thinking that's exposing a nigga. Bitch, you let me lick your butt. <laughs> that means I got, I, I mean, I, I licked your ass. That means like I, I was there. Like, I got you butt ass. You're not hurting me by telling niggas I licked your butt. Yeah, I did it. And I'll do it again. Yes, I did it. She's fine. What do you want me to do? So you confirm and he's mad. You better off saying he's lying on his meat. But hey, listen, women, women, female rappers nowadays. It's weird to me because it's like they're all the same. They all look the same. They all rap about pretty much the same kind of shit. And I'm not a, a woman basher, right? And I'm not a feminist either. I call things as I see it. I don't really care for the whole city girl type rap. I personally think that whole shit is trash. That's me. I get it what the young girls are doing now. And they, they, they flip the narrative. Now women are running things. And that's great. But let's be honest. For a minute. How long is that going to get? How far is that going to get you? At some point, you're going to have to be a woman. Yeah, you can do all the glam shit. And all of that is cool. But at some point, you're going to play out. Prime example is Nikki. I, I, I went crazy on Nikki the entire summer. Everybody said, damn, why you want her like this? Because I seen what was happening. And I was telling you that girl was drowning from then. And now look. Do you, do you care about Nikki anymore? Is anybody checking for her right now? She's quiet as she should be. She should be very quiet. She needs to be working on her music. You need to stay low for at least two more years. Let all that bullshit with Cardi blow over. Let that girl have her time. The Grammys are coming, Nikki. And you're not nominated. 
Cardi's nominated a lot. She's going to have her moment in the sun. A moment you never had because Nikki doesn't have Grammys at all. Not one. So, you know, you can go crazy and you could make headlines, but at the end of the day, you want to take home the trophies. And that's, that's the ultimate goal. You can sell more records. You can have bigger records. But if you don't take home that trophy, what are we talking about? You know what I'm saying? What if LeBron never had a ring? Is he still the GOAT with no rings? No. And in music, they're not saying Grammy solidify shit because it don't. A lot of rappers, a lot of the great, great rappers don't have Grammys. I don't even think Biggie has any Grammys. I don't know if Tupac has any Grammys. I don't know. I would have to look into that. Nas doesn't have any Grammys. But I'm not saying that don't make you a great artist, but at the end of the day, in this generation, you need proof. Hey, for my run, this is what I did. <laughs> Sorry. So you look at Kendrick and people might say, oh, Kendrick is trash and Kendrick is great. But to you people that don't listen to him, yeah, baby, I can see, I can understand that, how he might be trash to you. That's not your kind of music. That's not what you like. But to Kendrick fans and to music, hip hop lovers, Kendrick's the greatest right now. He got the proof. He got the trophies. He got the music. He got the hits. He's nominated for a soundtrack. <laughs> His soundtrack for Black Panther is nominated for a Grammy. Come on. Give that man his fucking flowers while he's here. And stop playing. Your favorite rapper is who? Drake? Drake? Come on. Drake got what? Two Grammys? Two. This is the biggest rapper in the game. It's two. Not, and I'm, again, I'm not saying these things matter. Because a lot of the biggest, biggest artists won't even be nominated for Grammys. But... At some point, you want your you want your recognition. You know what I'm saying? Jay Z and all of them said fuck the Grammys because they was wasn't getting they wasn't getting no airplay. Like nigga, we was we was there and y'all didn't even show us on TV. Y'all invite us here every year and y'all don't give us awards on air. Y'all give us our awards in the back. Why you don't let hip hop get no shine? Like they was fighting for that. They was boycotting for that. But now, hip hop is the biggest genre of music. They have to show us now. We're the ones who was watching that shit. <laughs> Ain't nobody watching the Grammys for the country music. Ain't nobody watching that shit for the contemporary. That nigga, they watching that shit for hip hop. They want to see hip hop perform. They want to see their favorite artists on that stage. So you better fucking believe Cardi B better be there. You better believe Kendrick better be there. You better believe Drake needs to be there. You want these people there so you can get your views and you can get respected in the culture. And the only way you can do that is by letting us in and giving us our just due. So I think we got that now. So it was all worth it. All the fighting and all that. They still fronting on Jay too. But they didn't nominate him for nothing with that out Beyonce. But it's all good. Now. Now that we got all the internet shit out the way. I want to uh, let me sit back. Let me sit back. I'm going to sit back. I'm, oh, it would be an empty bottle of 1800 in here. I would have sipped that. I don't even drink, but that 1800 is smooth. Tequila. I'm a tequila guy. When I used to drink, I was a Patron guy. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I want to talk about life, right? I want to talk about life. And we are, what, 27 minutes in. And um, The show is going to take a turn here. 
Um, this is going to be an eye opener for some, and for most, it's going to be a, a, a check of awareness of how aware you are of yourself. So, we live in a generation right now where some women think they're not attractive because they don't look like the women that get worshipped on social media. And that is a thing. It is a thing when young women feel like they have to wear wigs and they have to wear makeup because that's what men like. But it's not men. It's the internet. Men are not the internet. Men are not social media. The internet is moved by what by bullshit, to be 100% honest with you. Real life is not on the internet. Um... I want women to be more confident in themselves. And I and I always get on here and I talk about wigs and everything on my Instagram and I always bash it because I feel like it's a crutch. It's a crutch for, to, for lack of reality. It's an escape. Vanity is becoming a drug. It is. It's a business and it is a drug. The women that are glorified on social media all look the same. So if you're a young woman without confidence, you feel like if I look like that, I can get that attention. But all attention ain't good attention, just like all money ain't good money. You are going to be judged based on appearance because that's the first thing people see is you, your presentation, how you carry yourself. Now, if you walk up on me with an orange wig on, I think you're an idiot. I know you don't have, I don't know if you have education. I'm judging you. I am. I'm judging you because of what I see. I'm judging you because, okay, she has this orange wig on. She's confident with that wig. Who, who is she without it? Who are you without that? Are you the same confident, smiling woman? Or are you a shy, scared, uncomfortable person? Is your anxiety saying, oh, my God, these people are talking about me. I don't like Oh, they're looking at me. My face don't have makeup on it. I feel ugly. And it's like, if you're not comfortable in your natural state, you'll never be comfortable with vanity. Because things change. The whole makeup thing, cool. You want to do makeup, great. You want to wear that shit every day, that's fine. That's great. Do you do whatever you want. Nobody can tell you what to do. But it's deeper than what you look like. Your image, how you depict yourself, how you present yourself, is everything in this world. Now, Let's take it back to a time where the whole thug shit was the style. You had to sag your pants. You had to have big ass clothes on. You scared people when you walked past them. They would grab their purse and look at you like, oh my God. That was a thing. Like we, black men adapted that. That was cool to us as young men to look like a thug. And a lot of us was not street niggas. A lot of us was not gangster niggas. A lot of us was regular ass niggas. Go to school, go to work. But when you leave, you sagging your jeans. You looking like the thug niggas you see on TV because you thought that was cool. But then when you get approached and judged, you want to scream out, oh, they racist. Well, let's be honest with you for a minute. Okay? can wear whatever you want and dress however you want. But you will be judged. Now, if you don't want the image of yourself to be a thug, don't dress like one. If you're a woman and you don't want to look like a bimbo, don't dress like one. 
Oh, well, I can do whatever I want. That's true. I can wear whatever I want, and I'm a woman, and man can't tell me how to. You're right. All of that is true. But you also can't control how people think of you. So do what you want to do, but don't complain about what, you have, what what's said about you. You can't complain. You can't tell people how to think. You can't tell people how to react to what you present. If you present yourself in a whorish manner, you will be treated as such. You want me to respect you when you have your titties out in my face? Well, what attention are you looking for exactly? What do you what do you what, what do you want me to think? Am I supposed to think, oh, she just want to show her titties today, I guess. And yeah, maybe you do. It's fine. Time and place for everything. Now, the whole wig thing, I get it. It's a trend. We don't know how long this trend is going to last. We don't know. All right? I have my homegirl all the time in my DM rolling her eyes at me because I talk shit about wigs. And I ask her, why is your hair pink today? Why do you go to work with a head of pink hair? With toothbrushed baby hairs on your forehead? Why do you do this? And it's like, this, it's insecurities. There's, with these, I don't think women believe they're beautiful anymore. Black women. And it disgusts me because the most beautiful black women don't do that. And because they're not glorified in a social media era, it's not popular. Tracy Ellis Ross. I love her to death. One of the most beautiful women in the world. But not, uh, let me, okay. Let me scroll that back. She's not the most beautiful. She's okay. She, <laughs> all right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just last week I said I love her, but she's ugly. So I'm going to not contradict myself. But I like her, okay? Fuck all the dumb shit. I like her. She's mostly natural. But she is an older woman. And I get her generation was that, was natural. When I grew up, the finest women on TV did not have on lime green hair. They did not have on purple hair down to their ass. It's not realistic. We, it's at a point now where we know. Remember Martin? When Martin used to always talk about Pam weave. I didn't even know Pam had a weave. Until Martin said it. I didn't know that was a weave. BDB and all. I didn't know. You know, those are jokes. We used to joke like that. But we, Pam was fine. What do you mean? You kidding me? You see, Tommy was fiending for Pam. Cole wanted Pam. Jerome wanted Pam. Beautiful black woman. Not a piece of fucking baby blue eyeshadow on her fucking eyelids. She didn't have on a bunch of fucking eyelashes and shit. You bitches are looking like Shanae out here. And it's nasty. It's nasty. Y'all look like Shanae. Dead ass. I'm not even being funny. Straight up. The braids with the excessive nails and the crazy jewelry and the, and the, and the over-the-top hair. Shanae vibes. That is... Listen. Y'all are giving Shanae but Y'all look like Key Lolo and Shanae... Boy, now, like I said, do whatever you want to do, but just don't expect respect when you don't respect yourself. Okay, you want to be taken seriously? Take yourself seriously. Present yourself in a in a in a in a womanly manner. Stop looking like the internet. Look like you. Who are you? Can 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 we do? Can we get that? Can we make it back to where women look like them? Remember when Alicia Keys first came out and she had the braids? 
And she just had on like lip gloss and maybe a little little foundation. She wasn't going crazy. You look at Alicia Keys now, she's still natural like that. Beautiful woman. Beautiful. Alicia Keys is fine. Amanda Seals is fine. They don't do that weak shit. They proud of who they, who they are and what they are and what they look like. Nia Long, fine. Even though she wear wigs sometimes. I don't like that. Nia Long, you, you was the queen of the shortcut. Uh, now she's older. I know she's a mom and shit like that. She don't be having time to do her hair and all this other shit. But I ain't... Mm, I Sanaa Lathan, cut all her shit off. Still bad. Kidding me? Sanaa... Oh, my God, Sanaa Lathan. Whew. I like Taraji Henson from Baby Boy. I don't like the new Taraji Henson. She wear too many wigs. I don't like it. Oh, happy birthday to Oprah. Before I forget that. Oh, damn. Happy birthday to Oprah. Um, Jada Pinkett back in the day. You know why Will wanted Jada? Because Jada was so confident. And Jada was so bad. And she was so woman. That's attractive. That confident, I am woman, I am nigga. I don't need you, nigga. I'm fine. I don't, what? Jada was woke as fuck. Jada was, like, Will had to have that woman. He had to have, he was a married man and wanted her. And cried. Did y'all see the story of on Jada's pink table? Will Smith went in the bathroom and cried because he was married and he knew Jada was the woman he was supposed to be with. It's like, fuck, I married the wrong woman. Then his wife went and lost him and he was right for Jada. You know, you know. You know what's, you know. Come on now. Um, it was just so many beautiful women that I grew up on. Eve. Eve had the shortcut. She would dye her hair different colors, but it was her hair. Now, I don't have a problem with hair color if it's your hair. But, bitch, you don't have lime green hair. You wouldn't do that. Uh, let's move on. Let's move forward. I have something I want to play. Okay, let's see. Now, I've been listening to Mike Todd recently. I was put on to him um, over the last couple weeks, and he is a great inspiration to me. Um, And I want to share something that I heard from him that was very... um, interesting to me and it said he said when the enemy cannot uh, what the enemy cannot destroy he distracts understand the power of what that says what the enemy cannot destroy it distracts people will distract you from your purpose because they can't destroy you They can't break you down. So what they do is distract you long enough to where you break yourself. Do not be led astray by bullshit. Okay? Do not think you need a man to validate your existence, ladies. Fellas, too. Don't think you need a woman to validate you as a man. Don't think you need a man to validate you as a woman. You validate yourself. If you know what you want out of life, focus on it. Don't be distracted by the bullshit that life brings you because it's all a test of how bad you really want it. Oh, you want to be a doctor? Oh, I bet. I'm going to give you a kid at 19, see how bad you want to be a doctor still. You going to give up? You going to give up? I'm going to distract you. I'm going to throw a man your way that's going to break you down emotionally. 
And let's see how you bounce back. Did you really want it? I'm going to send a woman in your life to tear you down, distract you from all your goals, all your dreams. Can you build yourself back up? Are you strong enough to keep going? These are the distractions that life may bring you. I'm going to give you an addiction to something. And this addiction is going to distract you from your purpose. Can you break that addiction to keep your purpose? Is the weed that important to you that you don't want to be shit no more? Hmm? Let's talk about it. As a weed smoker, okay, now my reason for doing marijuana was depression and creativity. You know, I got into like a funk where I couldn't create. And I was like, let me try something different. And I tried marijuana recreationally. And let me start with some edibles and start with the vapes. And now, now I'm doing real weed. But um, as my affinity progressed for marijuana, it is now a, a tool for relaxation. I don't do it every day. I don't smoke. I don't have to smoke to function. I don't have to smoke to do my work. I don't have to smoke to do shoes. About 100% of the time I do what I do, I'm sober. I'm sober now. I haven't smoked any weed since last week. There was a time where I had to smoke every day. And it was holding me back from my purpose. It was holding me back from my destiny. I couldn't do things because I was reliant upon something. That was the distraction. I overcame that. The minute I took it away from myself, the minute I focused again, the minute I got back on my grind and started to realize my abilities and my powers, I began to blossom. So, but the enemy cannot destroy that distract. There are things in your life that are distracting you. You need to remove those things. You got an ex that's in your life that won't just let you go. You got to close. I told y'all before, close the door and lock that motherfucker. Why can that man still reach you? If all he does is bother you and stress you out, you can never move forward holding on to the past. If it's over, let it be over. Sometimes you can't be friends with that person. Sometimes it's best to move on. I was I met you for the time I needed you. I learned what I needed to learn, and now we separate. Everybody's not meant to be in your life forever. It's not meant to be friends with people that have hurt you. It is okay to remove toxic people from you. It is difficult to change. It's easy to stay the same. If you want to grow as a person, you have to let go of things. Prime example. I'm going to play. I wish you could see it. I put it in my story. If you guys are listening to this right now, I think it should be in my story by tomorrow. But um, I'm going to play this for you. This is Mike Todd, too. Here we go. Life happens. I got offended because somebody did something to me that was wrong. And the thing is, we never release it because I can still function with my offense. And a lot of people are okay as long as they're able to function with their dysfunction. I still can clap if I need to clap. I can still punch you if I need to. I'm okay with keeping these things because I can still move. But what ends up happening is life keeps coming at you. And you lost the job. And you got caught up in perversion. And there was a relationship that was not like God. Now what happens when you're carrying things you were never meant to carry? And now God's telling you to release. But this has become comfortable. 
having frustration in my life, having anger in my life, blaming other people, it's comfortable. And so now instead of releasing things, I'm more accustomed to catching things. And this is what most of us look like. This is what your soul looks like. Now, you gotta let things go. You have to know that in life, people are in your life for seasons and reasons. Everybody's not meant to be there forever. But there are people that are. And the most times, the people that are meant to be in our lives forever, we push away. And we later regret it. Understand who you want in your life. Your life is how you make it. If you want positivity in your life, keep positive people around you at all costs. If you want a life full of, life full of negativity, then keep doing what you're doing. Keep having drama with people that you're over. Keep trying to force friendships and relationships that are dead in the water. Keep holding on to past, tri- past anger and, and frustrations from relationships that didn't go the way you wanted. So now you're forcing some way for it to work. And you're so afraid of letting that person go. You don't, know, you don't think you can move on without them. So you're like, I, don't, I never know. I don't know how to be without that person. But you were without that person at a point. And you forgot who you were. You lost yourself in that person. And the only way you can get back to you is to let that person go. Because that person is not worried about your well-being. They only want you to be around for their benefit. That's extremely selfish. And if people can get over on you, they will. And you allowed it. Because you were comfortable. Because you were afraid of change. Change is necessary for growth. When a seed is planted, it's in the ground until a sprout comes out. It has to come out the dirt to grow and live. It has to receive water and sun. Get up out the dirt, man. How long are you going to stay in that warm dirt before you grow? You're going to stay in there forever? You're never going to grow. You have to get up out of there. Also, I have a whole nother thing I'm going to get into, right? I'm going to play some more Mike Todd because he's very inspirational to me. I'm looking, I'm really, really, really interested in his preachings and his words because he's around my age. So I look at him as a, more of like a mentor at this point to guide me through my life because it's like the things he's saying is things I need to hear. So I'm going to put y'all on to it. And hopefully you guys can, um, you know, take what you can from it. You don't want to listen to him ever again. That's great. But what I give you today, I want you to really think about and really kind of challenge yourself to improve. This is a new year. It's a fresh start. We all have things we need to improve on and get better at. And I want us all to grow as one, as a family, as a podium podcast family. I want us all to grow and be better. I want next year to be like, yo, dude, remember that shit you told me about? Yo, I changed that shit. It's way better now. I want to hear these things. So, I'm going to um, play something I got from, um, well, first let me uh, just say, Mike Todd has a uh, series on YouTube called, um, it's called Relationship Goals, and it's an eight-part series on YouTube, and you guys should check it out. Um, my shorty put me onto it. And um, I've been watching him. I'm up to part three now. And um, it's a lot of gems there. So what I'm going to do 
is play a part from there, and then we'll go. I'll let you guys. I'll fill it in from that, and give my uh, overall synopsis on what he is talking about exactly. Because uh, being that I do talk about relationships on this podcast often, I feel like it's only better to steal, sharp, and steal. You know what I'm saying? So. That brother has uh, motivated me and inspired me, so I want to play his part here. Where is it here? Here we go. This is what? Part two, 23 minutes. Today, um, as we walk through that, but I promise you, if you can avoid this pitfall, you want to. Here we go. Hold on. Do you know how many people we counsel who are broken children? people who got divorced. And they parents on the Christmas card, look at my family, they're so awesome. I be wanting to send them texts to their kids balled up, crying on the floor because of your decisions and you not making the proper effort that you needed to do. Now he's speaking about his marriage and divorce. Now 50% of all marriages end in divorce. That is astonishing. That is a very, very high number. That means one out of every two people you know that are ever going to get married will be divorced. So he is speaking of the the effects of divorce. Divorce, as he puts it, is a living death. Now, as he put it, when someone dies, you get closure. You can bury them. You can mourn them. You'll heal. But when when you divorce from someone, you are ripping apart a bond that was built on love. And when you rip that apart, instead of repairing it, you are now tearing it apart. So now every time you see this person, your mood's changing. Every time you hear about this person, your mood is changing. I can't believe this motherfucker running around with this bitch. I can't believe this bitch running around with this nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you didn't take the time to make sure you married the right one, because you didn't put the work in to make that marriage work, you are now ripping apart a, a bond. Now, what he's speaking to at this point is how the children are affected. How the children don't now don't know what it is to see a man love a woman or to see a woman love a man. You have now, as I grew up, my parents divorced. Did that scar me? Definitely. Because it went from me seeing my dad home every day and seeing my parents in love, seeing now my mom talk bad about my father and my father talk bad about my mother and I'm their child. And it's like, you don't want to pick a side, but you have to because I live with my mother. So I'm going to go with what my mother's saying. My mother's saying my dad is this and that. Hmm. Next time I see my dad, I'm a little upset too now. Hey, you hurt mommy. That A child shouldn't know that. A child shouldn't have to witness that. A child shouldn't carry that kind of division in their mind. I was a child. I was 12 years old. I didn't know what, how to love somebody other than my family. I didn't know what it was to love a woman until I learned what a man should be from watching and growing through my own bullshit. The transgressions I had with my mom from her new husband now and her being married to a guy I didn't like and the pain that I felt where I felt my mother turned her back on me and my brother because she put a man over us. These are things you wouldn't have to go through had the marriage been Correct. Had your parents did it right. Had your parents fought and made that re- that marriage work. Now he says the only way the marriage should break is if there's infidelity. There was infidelity in my parents' marriage. My father has. A, I have a sister that I met once. 
my father had a child on my mom. So the marriage was doomed from the start. And the dysfunction of that may have caused dysfunction in my life. But I did not make the same mistakes that my parents made because I learned I don't want to have a kid young and marry this woman because I have children with her. I want to be solid in my foundation with this woman before we even get anywhere near those things. Those are permanent decisions. A child is a life decision. A marriage is a life decision. Divorce should be off the table unless there's infidelity. But infidelity comes when a person is not yet ready to be married. If you are ready to be married, all of that is out your system. If you are ready to be married, you don't think about this is the woman I want for the rest of my life. And I will do whatever it takes to keep this woman in my life and happy in my life. But anyway, we're going to get up to this point here where he's dropping like super balls. Do to make sure you were in your right place before you invited him into this relationship. And because you were lonely, then you had sex and you had kids because you wanted to feel wanted because he stopped wanting you because he showed you in the dating relationship that he didn't really want. You. Hold on here. This is it. This is it, ladies. I want you guys to pay great attention to this part here. I'm going to bring it back a little bit so you can get it right on the nose. Now, understand what he's talking about is how these things take place. Is how these children are created, how these relationships are doomed because of failed emotions, because of false feelings. Let's get into this. Listen very closely. Crying on the floor because of your decisions and you not making the proper effort that you needed to do to make sure you were in your right place before you invited him into this relationship. And because you were lonely, then you had sex and you had kids because you wanted to feel wanted because he stopped wanting you because he showed you in the dating relationship that he didn't really want you. But you were so eager to get in a relationship. So you got in a relationship and then you didn't feel enough. So you had a baby. So your whole attention became about the baby. And because your whole attention is about the baby, he doesn't feel wanted so he steps out of the relationship and goes and bees with her and then it's broken and that's one scenario my god ladies the truth of what he's saying makes perfect sense these decisions that we make and turmoil tumultuous times of our lives can have everlasting effects now, he also says in one of his uh his uh one of his speeches or his sermons, I should say, because he is a pastor. It is more important to be single than it is to be married. Now understand what that means. You have to master being single. You have to learn yourself so well and love yourself so much that when somebody comes in and they on that fuckery, that bullshit. You can see that shit. But when you're in a position of not loving yourself, in a position of just being wanting to be wanted, and you feel like I need a man without even doing the, the, the individual work on you, it is way more important to be single than it is to be married. You have to love yourself first. Now, he says in the Bible, it says you have to love God yourself, and then your neighbor. How can you love your neighbor if you don't love yourself? How can you love somebody else if you don't even love yourself? I really want people to take time to understand being single was not a punishment. It shouldn't be frowned upon. Being single should be the moment in your life where you get you, you together. 
I've been single for three, almost four years now. In that time, I have dealt with people. Not on a serious level, by any means. I took nobody serious in these last four years. Nobody. None. Zero. And because I knew that's not a person I want to be. But I am single. So, yeah, I'm going to do my thing. We'll mess around. Maybe I did hurt her. In my singleness, I may have hurt someone. I may have led them on to believe that eventually I would be with them. I may have given them false hope that maybe he will take me serious. No, because I always say on the show, too, it's never about you. It's always about me. And that means I'm not you're you're just for the moment. Overall, this is my mission. This is my journey. You're a part of that, but you won't be here forever. I am in control of this ship. Me. Not my emotions, not what I want, not what I, not what I lust for. My mind is involved here. I am thinking strategically how to better myself and grow as a man. So when the time comes, I can be that man I need to be for that woman that I want. And you have to master that shit. You have to learn to love yourself. You have to understand what it means to be all about yourself. You. My nigga. You single and you want to get flawed, go do that shit. You want to take a trip. You want to, whatever you want to do in your singleness, do all of it. Explore every end of it. Take the time to learn and love yourself. This way, you can reflect that. You can't attract something you don't project. If you're not projecting love, what are you going to attract? If you're projecting hate and anger, you're only going to attract hate and anger. But if you project love, You will attract love. But you have to master that from yourself. People can't give you that. They can't. They have to have it. It has to be there. That light, that spirit, that that overall feeling has to be in them from jump. And you'll know when it's there. You'll know. You'll be like, damn. I, I can't explain it. I can't put it into words. But you'll know. It's something in your spirit that'll tell you that she's it. She that's it, her. And I have to do whatever it takes to get that woman. I have to have her. She is who I'm destined to have. She is what I've been looking for. She is what I've been training and prepping and loving myself to give. I've been loving myself to give this love to her. I have to. So it's more important to be single than to be married. Um, another thing I want to get into is a lot of women get baited into relationships based off sob stories. A nigga will sit there and tell you all the shit he been through and he'll tell you all his sad shit about how his other women did this. And I never had a father and my mom didn't love me. And women feel like the nurture inside of a woman is like, oh, I want to take care of him now. This is game, ladies. Understand. And fellas, I'm not shitting on y'all, but I just want y'all to know as men, that's some bitch-ass shit y'all doing. That's some corny shit y'all doing. It's fucking corny. Homegirl, fuck that nigga sob story. Your mother hurt you? Go deal with your mother. I'm not here to, hurt, to heal you. It is not my job to fix you. You gotta do that. Ladies, stop letting these niggas come to you with all this bad shit going on in their life and accepting it. 
If this nigga's fucked up when he met you, he's looking for you to save him. Do not save this nigga. You cannot drown with people. He has to go figure that shit out on his own. Oh, he don't got no money? Well, guess what, homeboy? Go get that. And then come back if I'm around. You're not going to come over here and, 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 and ruin what I have going. I am in a positive place. I am growing. When you start to let people leech onto your tree, the branches break. So now what are you? Are you a tree still? Are you a, or a fucking big twig? Exposed. Don't let people just hang on for the sake of hanging on to you. Don't let people linger when they serve no purpose. Comfortability, I don't, I don't want to hear that shit. What you allow is what will continue. So if this nigga's a bum-ass nigga when you met him and you accepted that shit, he's going to continue to be a bum-ass nigga because you showed that he can be that and it's fine. So he don't got nothing going for himself. He's not trying to attain things. Like he has a lot of goals that you talk about, but you don't see no action. Yeah, you know, one day I'm going to do this, but you don't see him working toward that. Yo, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to do this, but you don't see him trying. You don't see any effort in this man. All you see is excuses. All you see is drama and nonsense. Why are you holding on to this man? Why are you continuing to support that man? And he don't even support himself. He don't believe in himself. He don't love himself. Well, you can't make that man love him. You can't love him to love himself. He has to do that. Let that nigga go. And if he feels a way, he's supposed to. Because he was a leech from the jump. He wasn't, he wasn't for you. I don't care how comfortable, how cool the relationship or how, how strong the bond is. If it's based on bullshit and there's not a strong foundation in it and it was just a convenience thing, it'll never fucking progress because it wasn't based on a solid ground. It wasn't based on solid ground. Y'all didn't build. It kind of just happened and you, you just got comfortable and said, fuck it, I'm cool with it. This is what it is. No. No, that's not how life works. Things need to be planned. Things need to be built. Okay? Let's say you bought a house. And the house was built in two weeks. From the outside, that house looks beautiful. But when you go in the house, the floors are fucked up. The roof is fucked up. The water don't work. You need to work on that inside. Before people, the outside can look however you want it to look. You can dress that up. You can paint that house. You can put new windows. You can put new doors. But when you go inside, is where all the fucking bullshit lies. We got termites. We got mice. We got rats. But on the outside, this house is beautiful. Work on that inside. Let that person get them floors done. Let that person put the walls right. Let them person get that, that water running properly, hot and cold. Get that tub from shaking. Let's get all these things fixed. Get that foundation fixed. So your house don't sink in the ground. Get everything in order so you can welcome people into a loving home. Not some rickety bullshit that looks great on the outside, but it's fucked up on the inside. So that's pretty much the word I wanted to give today. And I've been holding that for a while. I didn't want to put it in my story. Because words wouldn't be enough. I had to do this. I had to give reference. And I had to give... Like, uh, I had to give more more than usual. Because people love when I talk my shit on the podcast. And, you know, sometimes I'll be funny and everything like that. But a lot of the time, I'm dead-ass serious. Today, I am dead-ass serious. I want people to be better. I want to be better. I'm trying to grow daily. 
Every day I want to be better than I was. Every day. Every fucking day. Not just tomorrow. The day, uh, forever. Every day. So, and I want that for everybody. I want the world to go back to weddings instead of baby showers. I want the world to go back to love instead of hate. Can we get back to a place where the black man is live loving and uplifting the black woman? Our job as black men is to keep our women strong, and their job is to keep us positive. Go out there. You're a black man in America. I love you. I support you. I'm here for you. But if you're not showing that woman that love, why would she give you that back? Do you uplift your woman? Do you compliment your woman every day? Do you tell her she's beautiful every day? Do you make her blush at least once a day? Do you make her smile from your text messages? Or are you drama? Or are you texting her bullshit? Is she texting you bullshit? Do you argue? Do y'all argue all the time? That is not love. That is not a positive place. When you and another person have a bond, there's no arguing. We're positive. It's to the point where you on the phone not even saying shit because we don't have nothing to talk about because everything is good. You want that. That is what you want. You don't want to be at work upset because of something another motherfucker said. Are you kidding me? You can't ruin my day. You can't change my day if it's not in a positive way. You cannot. My day may, may have me upset, but when I hear from you, it should make me happy. I should be calm when I hear your voice. I should be happy when I see your face on that phone. I should be excited to talk to you. I should be excited to see you. That is what a relationship should be. Not drama. If you have that drama and day in, day out, you are arguing with this person, that is not the person for you. They would say, oh, you're always going to argue in a relationship. That's true. But what are you arguing about? What are you arguing about? Some bullshit? Something they said that you didn't like. Something they did that you didn't like. Liking bitches' pictures. Yeah. Leaving comment. Oh, who this in hard eyes under your... Come on, man. Let's, 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 let's... Let's not let the internet dictate what's reality. Um... This, this show was necessary. I felt that the things I'm learning, I love to share with y'all. And um, I want to have more conversations like this. This episode is special to me because I've grown so much. And I don't know how many of y'all been listening from the early shows from episode one even. Y'all been listening. If you have, fuck, thank you, man. Next week is episode 80. We're we, we, we moving. So this podcast for me has been my therapy from day one. I come here and I'm real and I'm honest and I'm 100% truthful with my audience. I have nothing to hide. Um, I'm, I'm all out. I'm in the open. I'm willing to sacrifice so you guys can be better. I don't have a problem putting my flaws on the, on the front so to help you learn because I didn't have that. There was nobody that I could relate to that would say, damn, I, I go through that same shit. Not nobody that was normal. I'm not famous. Okay. I'm not a rapper. I'm not an artist. I'm a normal guy. I have a job. 
have a regular life. But what I do have is a voice. And what's more important is not having a voice, but how you use your voice. I choose to use my voice for positivity and to uplift my people and my, my friends and my family. And I want all of us to be great. Um, so I'm definitely going to bookmark this episode in my collection of episodes that mean the most to me. Um, this is important. I've came a long way from who I was three years ago when I started this podcast. Um, life is like, listen, life takes you through a lot of things. I've been depressed. I've been happy. I've been sad. I've been successful. I've been unsuccessful. I've been broke. I've been up. I've been down. It's like everything. The entire roller coaster of life. I've been on it. And now, you know, I feel like I finally got the ship straightened where I'm going straight and there's no more rocks and cliffs to watch out for. I feel like I finally hit the open ocean and I'm on my, my way to paradise. I'm finally on my way to happiness now. I'm a much better person than I was. I am greater than I was. I grow wiser every day. I learn every day. I learn from the people around me. I learn from the situations. I reflect on the past things, things that used to bother me that now don't matter so much, things that I've learned. Like, I was just telling my shorty yesterday, like, there was a point in my life where I was doing amazing financially. And I've had, I've hit rock bottom more than once in the last few years. These last five years have been groundbreaking for my livelihood as far as the ups, the downs, the lessons learned, the, the smiles, the cries. There's been a lot of crying, but there's been a lot of smiling too. For every loss, there has been a win, but for every loss, there's also been a lesson in it. And for every win, there's been a lesson in it. And I learn constantly. I'm on a journey to learn and I'm here to share what I've learned to help you guys. Older or younger, it doesn't matter. You can learn from anybody, anybody. Age doesn't matter. You can learn from a child. So don't think that only old people have knowledge. Everybody has knowledge. It's all in how you put it out there. You can learn from anyone. Um, that's pretty much um all I have this week. I think that was strong. Hey, you guys, an hour. I said I was going to do two hours, but I don't have two hours in me today. I don't. <laughs> um. I hope you guys have a good week. I, I do want to end the show with a song, though, because um I didn't do that last week because I had a guest, and I usually like putting you guys on to new records. So, let's see. Summer Walker dropped an EP, and um I haven't heard it, so I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to play nothing from there. Um, Damn. Let me scroll. I might play some old. You know what? I want to play something, uh, something, something old. And, um, just to get the vibe right. It's winter. Supposed to be cold as fuck tomorrow. Uh, 
Super Bowl is this weekend. I don't I'm not have any plans for that. You guys got any plans in the New York area for the Super Bowl? Y'all having like a party or something? I mean, I don't really party, but I'll come through for like 20 minutes and kick it. Um, if it's smoker friendly, of course. If I can't smoke there, I'm not coming. <laughs> um, and that sounds hood as fuck, but it is what it is. It's a Super Bowl party. Like, what the fuck you want niggas to really watch the game? <laughs> hey, my team ain't in it. Fuck the Patriots. And I don't want the Rams to win either. I don't give a fuck about none of them, man. Um. Damn. Hmm. Let me see what I got here. Let me see what I got. Let me see. Let me see. Play some Stevie Wonder. Get out of here on a good vibe. Okay. I want you guys to have a good week, good weekend. You want to let Stevie take us up out of here this week? Paris, Beirut, you know, Iraq, Iran, Eurasia, you know, I speak very, very um, fluent Spanish. Todo está bien, chévere. Bien, chévere. Bien, chévere. my mama. I got my shaking room. Everybody's got a thing.
That was Stevie yeah. Wonder. Maybe that song is Don't You Worry About a Thing, obviously. Uh, John Legend did a remake of that song for the Hitch soundtrack. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, but that's all I got for this week, man. Straight up! I hope you guys learn from this week. If, uh, if nothing else, I hope you, uh, at least learn something today. And, you know, at least I made you think. That's it. I just want to make you think and be like, damn, he said some shit. Um, I'll, I can't wait to see the feedback tomorrow in the DMs and, once again, this is episode 79. This is the Fresh Fiend. This is Mark. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening, man. Like, you guys keep me fucking doing this shit. If y'all didn't listen, I wouldn't have a reason to do it. Um, for all the people that walk up to me when they see me outside, I appreciate that too. Thank you. Um, I don't find it weird. And I'm not creeped out by it. I always show love. Appreciate you. Thank you for that. You know? And, um, you know, I'm not a people person, but I do receive love well. (laughs) So, um, I'll see you guys next week. Peace.